You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church. And if that has become something that is a distraction to your family unity, then put a limit on it or get rid of it and be able to say, I'm sorry, this is what the Lord has called me to. Matthew 5, if this is leading to sin, it is better to go into uh, heaven without video games than wind up in hell with the PS2, you know, with modern translation. The chemical effects that antidepressants provide is very similar to the chemical changes in a person's brain when they talk with someone and it feels like they're being listened to. Take Take that in for a second. Instead of saying, like, you can count on me to have heard you the first time and I will get to you, we teach our kids, you hell have to yell my name four times before you have my attention. And I think there's something to that, to say, is that true of me? Hey, listeners, this is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my fantastic, fabulous, wonderful co-host, first, Mrs. Cassie Bryant. How are you doing today, Cassie? I'm doing great. A little distracted. Oh, What's distracting you today, Cassie? Let's well, cancel you through it. As you know, my daughter just called. Which means I'm sorry, I can't really pay attention to what you're saying. Uh. Um, I'm really having a hard time. <laughs> is this too campy? Is this uh, this, this is, is unplanned, no, this is so it's great. funny, right? I like it when you used to give Cassie those titles, like, oh. like the disarmor of Whoa. distraction or like whatever. Ooh. Like, Ooh, I like disarmor of distraction. Yeah, you would give her things. The destroyer of distraction, yeah, Miss yeah, Cassie yeah. Bryant. The destroyer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the woman who distracts me from everything bad in this Aww. world, Chelsea Griffin, my <laughs> wife, is here. Chelsea, how you doing? Good. I'm happy Good. to distract you. I think I did those in season one. I tried to come up with a title like that segue the episode with each one of your names. And then I gave up after a little while because That's it a seemed- lot. It's a lot of pressure. Well, it just, it just seemed like- it wasn't really resonating with with y'all. Oh, I was I was having a good time. You were into it? Yeah, I was totally into it. Okay. <laughs> I would be interested to go back and see how many times I referenced time of day or food in season one. It's a lot. No, I think it's not as much because oh. we had the the uh, oh. qualifiers or you had the kind of- Well, matches. I also had some plan. I had more planned banter in season one because oh. we weren't as, we're not as adept as we are now. We're so good at just being able banter. to talk about whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us go. Ready to? Uh, <laughs> hey, I went to the bank this week. How about y'all? Get uh, <laughs> dried up. Was that the beginning of a joke? No, nope. that was the it joke. Is, uh, no, it's a reference to a banter joke from an old comedian. Oh, it's to, bummer. I'm no, sorry. No, it's a good example of how they're not good at this. <laughs> All right. Well, today's episode, we're going to talk about. Anybody know? I know. Distraction. That's right. Distraction. We're talking about distraction. Uh, Distraction is a game I play with my children, actually, where I try to get them to look at something and then tickle them or throw something at them. It's a very fun game. But we're not talking about fun games today. We're talking about a vice. Something that I would think you guys struggle with, not because I've seen it in you, because I assume (laughs) it's common. And I certainly struggle with it. Distraction. Maybe let's define it by what's the opposite. The opposite of a parent being distracted would be a parent being what, Chelsea? Attentive. Attentive. Yes. A parent being attentive to what? To their children. To their children. To the Holy Spirit. To the the Lord. To the things of the Lord. Great. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. That's what I think. Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. She just said that before we started hitting record, and I didn't want to steal the moment because it was such a good antonym to... But our God is not a distracted God. God is actually never distracted. That's true. You know, is. I don't want to say it's easier for him, but like, you know, he's... I mean, he is omnipresent. Yeah, he's Omni- perfect. Like, he doesn't have to like prioritize right, right. time and space like we do about where we go and what we do. But um, but we do serve an attentive God. Yeah. And he has 
made us capable of attentiveness. Yeah. And a lot of us have foregone it. Well, I think the irony of our distraction, and as a parent, this certainly holds true. The irony of our struggle with distraction is not that we're truly distracted. It's that we're truly attentive to mm. something that is not what we should be paying attention to. Mm, that's true. Like our struggle with distraction is a struggle with attention. Mm-hmm. I am attentive to the wrong thing. It's kind of similar to like our struggle with commitment. It's not that we're struggling with commitment at all. It's that we're struggling with commitment to the right things. That's true. And so our struggle with distraction is a struggle with attending to or giving our attention to the right things. And if that doesn't make sense, maybe we can hammer it out a little bit here. So what, when you think about your personal struggle with distraction, what would you say? Like, let's get vulnerable here for a minute. Maybe share personally, if you'd be willing, what does distraction look like for Cassie Bryant? What, oh, what distracts the, you or what does it look like? It's the phone. I mean, it's the, it's the like device that could, that vibrates or just even the possibility of it ringing or getting an email alert whatever it is, is in and of itself distraction. I know that, I don't know the like, statistics, but I know that the science has said that how bad our phones have been for us mm-hmm. when it comes to being present and attentive. And I've just felt that. And on sabbatical learned just how free my mind is when my phone is in the other room or off mm-hmm. or I'm not expecting a phone call or anticipating, yeah. you know? And that's, I just, it makes you wonder like, I wonder how much people struggled with distraction a hundred years ago or attentiveness, you know, compared to now. It feels like it's a very unique time for our generations because of the way technology has shaped us and formed us, not for the better, to be so distractible, you know? Yeah, to give your attention to your technology as opposed to where you are right now. Which inevitably is giving your attention to someone else rather than my husband or my kids or -hmm. or even if I'm in a meeting and something, it it allows us to feel limitless. Yes. Or like we can multitask. Yeah, it's given us a little God complex that we can be a lot of things for a lot of people that we really can't be. That I could be here with my children being an engaged and attentive mother, but I can also minister to somebody else having a hard time. I can also entertain somebody else. I can also, you know, fill in the blank. I can be at work. I can be at home. I can do all these things at the same time that God hasn't asked us to, didn't tell us to, and it feels exalting. Totally. And we don't want to feel disappointing. No, we want to be glorified. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, I think, the desire to escape an uncomfortable, an uncomfortable circumstance or something that feels tedious is like technology makes it so easy to do that. So if it's like, I'm going to fold laundry, I'll make folding laundry more fun by watching a comedy while I'm folding laundry. So mm-hmm. it's like rather than even, which I know that sounds so silly because folding laundry is like kind of a menial task. I've never done it. Chelsea has to do it. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it. Our children have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> delegated. Yeah. But I think that even just seeking to escape a present reality or like mundaneness to our lives, totally. we've now have this form of entertainment in our pocket. Yeah. Even boredom. Like yeah. even when there isn't something that's a problem that I have to escape, it's that like, I can't, I can't handle silence, stillness. Yeah. And, and we, we see that passed on to our children all the time where if you go out to dinner and you see children who've been given like an iPad at dinner, oh, yeah. like to get through dinner, we don't, you can't be bored for a moment. You can't be, un, you know, unentertained for a moment or like in the grocery store, mm-hmm. go, here's your iPad to help you get through a grocery run. Yeah. It looks pretty it's cri- pervasive. Crippling. Yeah. Well, yeah. What you're bringing up there, Chelsea, is using distraction as a parenting method. 
to mm-hmm. say like, I will be able to give attention to what I want to if I distract my children. Mm-hmm. And so I give them a technology, I give them a game and my intention of my heart is not, and again, technology is not inherently evil. An iPad's right. not inherently evil. A game is not inherently evil. But if what I'm doing is saying like, I want peace from you, I want separation from you, mm, yeah. and therefore I want your attention on something else. Now, I get it that, uh, you know, you can make the same argument about a pacifier for a baby. And you'd go, well, if I give them something here, they won't scream at me. And I'm certainly not against pacifiers. I think pacifiers are wonderful things. Yeah, those are way up there on but, our invention uh, list. Yeah. Screens get a really, uh, really hard, we give them a hard time right now because screens do seem so enticing to watch a movie, to play a video game. But the truth is we can do that with many things. It mm-hmm. could be a book and you say, well, they're, they're, it's literature. Or it could be, you know, a a cartoon, certainly, but it could be any activity that yeah. we'd give them and say, I want my kid distracted so I can do something else. And even there, there might be fostering something that needs to be addressed. But Chelsea, uh, well, Cassie, just to follow up, would you say that your phone is a distraction from you being the mom you want to be all the time? I would say it has the temptation to be. I don't know that it always is. It definitely was last year heading into sabbatical. And I think that I learned a lot about myself and about what benefits my family by shutting it down. And so I think that in God's grace, I've been able to preserve a lot of habits that have helped protect me from that temptation coming out of sabbatical back into, which has been crazy. I mean, everyone knows beginning of school is bananas in terms of like constant communication from teachers and then coming back to work into a busy season. Like the temptation was very real to have it on and to feel like, well, I can multitask and I'll do, you know, but Mm -hmm. I just saw the fruit and the benefit of turning it off and not being by my phone that it's, that has outweighed the desire to try and do more than I can, just do more than I can, be more than I can. Okay. Second follow-up question. So if that's maybe as a mom, and I think I know what you would answer to this because I I think it's probably similar to mine, but what about as a daughter of God? Do you feel like your phone has been a distraction to who God is calling you to be in your time with him? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think about the hypocrisy I walk in in terms of, you know, what Chelsea was just saying about boredom. And when my girls say they're bored, I, I'm like, well, only boring people get bored. <laughs> <laughs> Burn. Oh, insult you. Yeah, I'm like, you know, but at a red light, what am I pulled? What am I tempted to do? Look at my phone. Yeah, I got to pull that out. We got to have something to look at. We're we going to be here yeah. 30 seconds. We got to. And <laughs> I think, is it, is it Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry? Yeah. I think he talk, I think that's the one where he talks about the red light, seeing it as a, a mercy and a blessing to pause, to say a prayer, to think on scripture. It's like we have all these invitations to slow down. And instead of seeing it as a blessing to, and a like call to slow down, we distract ourselves because yeah. I mean it's habits. We formed a habit. The vice the viceness about this is that it's like a muscle's been atrophied. And it's just, we do the easy thing rather than the disciplined thing that we know will bear lasting fruit. Last follow-up question to that. And then I'd love to talk about Chelsea's struggles (laughs) too. But again, I think the phone is such a good example. When you see it in yourself, there's a version of it, but do you ever see another parent or another person who's distracted by their phone and there's maybe a resentment in your heart? Like, I can't believe that parent is doing that. Because I feel that in my heart. If I know my phone distracts me, but if I see another parent who's with their children, their children are trying to get their attention to the parents on the phone, I'm like, I'm judging. I'm like, oh, oh for sure. But even that's that. such a tool of the enemy to distract us from our own, you know, rather yeah. than like a heart it's of hypocrisy. compassion. It's like, yeah. oh man, they're caught up in it too. Yeah. Like, I know how that feels. I've been caught up in that. And yeah. 
a heart of compassion. Now, if it's a friend, then I would hope that it's in a conversation about like, I want to invite you into the freedom I've experienced this summer yeah. of putting the phone down when I'm playing with the kids. What or, if we invited each other into slapping phones out of hands? <laughs> like, if you see me on my phone while, I, while my kids are around, will you run and slap it out of my hand? We could start a whole family discipleship podcast movement <laughs> of phone slapping. Everybody just get really good phone cases. We and all then get arrested. if you arrested. see somebody using a phone when they shouldn't, just, well, I'm not talking about strangers. Just oh, for like just accountability friends. for each other. Strangers, okay. that would probably start some kind of fight club start. I do think, crime. I mean, Eric has talked about, uh, we have a box right now with all the chargers and stuff. He's talked about moving it by the front door and inviting guests that come into our home. Like, hey, just leave your phone here. You can charge it. Mm. If you're expecting a call, turn the ringer on or whatever. Um, just to kind of keep people from that distraction and have our home be. That'd be good for home groups. A device for, yeah. For it'd small be, groups, whatever people do. Yeah. I also think it'd be a really interesting sociological experiment to have a restaurant where you checked your phone in. I think that there was a down. there was a very short lived trend. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, where re- you stacked them? That and there was some. I remember some restaurant the trying this that had like a little them. like a box like that had a lid like everyone like a, kind of like a little safe and everyone put their phones in there. I kind of love it. But well, if you go to the masters, it didn't last. If you go to the masters, they make you turn your phone in. Yeah. And uh, I was just talking to somebody about this last night, uh, who's also listening to the podcast. Shout out Ryan, and he was talking about <laughs> how great it is that everybody is there to enjoy. The golf tournament. Yeah. And so it's okay that you don't have your phone. You don't have your camera. So great. You're there to enjoy this event. And I wish that we There was a golfer parenting. there that said it helped him a lot. Oh, really? Do you remember that? No. Uh-uh. An amateur that uh, kind of won a spot to play. Um, he plays. He played golf for Texas A&M. So he was still an amateur. And so he'd never played in a four-day golf tournament that intense. And he never had his phone. And he said, it's crazy. I'm so focused. I'm so locked in. Wow. Because normally I can't think like this because I, I pull out my phone. Yeah. I mean, that's wild to think about. Our well, student ministry take us, takes up phones. They should. On Sundays. They take Good. up all Well, phones. I think kids, what people, and maybe parents wouldn't realize, especially if you have younger kids, because they're not maybe old enough to articulate this, your kids notice mm, when you are distracted by something. Sure. Uh, your kids know, and not just phones. Phones are not inherently evil. They're, your kids notice when you are distracted, even by maybe something that's making you anxious. Maybe it's something going on at work. Preoccupied. Yes, preoccupied with a TV show you're watching, preoccupied with a conversation. Like how many times have our kids yelled our names multiple times before we pay attention? And you could call that distraction. Uh, you could also call it like impatience on behalf of the <laughs> child. But the hypocrisy or the irony there would be like, we respond with impatience to that level of impatience. Instead of saying like, you can count on me to have heard you the first time and I will get to you. We teach our kids, you hell have to yell my name four times before you have my attention. And I think there's something to that to say, is that true of me? And if that's true of me, then I'm struggling. Yeah. If it's true of me that my kids can't get my attention the first time, I would never, if, if I want to be a good parent, Chelsea and I really focused on first time obedience with our kids. If I ask you to do something, you do it right away. I hypocritically, if my kids turned the tables and said, dad, you never do what I ask you to do the first time. They'd be a hundred percent right. Or you never respond to me the first time I say your name. I, I could. I you could do have it. a hearing deficit. Well, I do have a, a disability <laughs> there, but which is not an excuse though. Like if it's. I can tell you hearable, can't hear them sometimes. Yeah. In those circumstances, I'm not, I don't yeah. want to, I don't okay. want that held against me. I don't think okay. I'll have to repent before the Lord one day. And say, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry for my hearing loss, but there are times where I'm distracted though. And yeah. it's not that sure. I can't hear them. It's that. I'm paying attention to something else. Sure. Yeah. Chelsea, how about you? Where is attention a struggle for you? So for sure, the phone. We've touched on that. I'll just let Cassie kind of like bear the burden of being like a phone mom. Uh, <laughs> I receive no, I'm it. kidding. Uh, phone mom. Uh, definitely that, for sure. I want to look at it. I want to be entertained. I want to know things. I want to look up things that I wonder about. Like, it 
just the tendency to just grab it and think, yeah, I didn't see the score of that game. I need to see how my fantasy team's doing. I check on, you know, check on something random that is not important right now. That's definitely a thing. Another thing that feels like a real struggle that I that I really like want freedom from and to like figure out feels really hard is when my children are talking to me and I am processing some problem of my own, mm-hmm. some situation of my own in my own brain, and then and then I'm asked a comprehension qu- comprehension yeah. question from my child. They're not trying to test me. They're just. They ex- having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. They expected me to be attentive, you know? Yeah. And to know what we were talking about. And then I realized, like, I missed what you said. I mm-hmm. missed what you were you were sharing with me. And I don't ever want my kids yeah. to stop sharing with me what's going on in their mind, in their day, what's hard for them, what's good. I Oh, man. It grieves me so much to think of a day when my kids think, I'm going to give up on that. But sometimes especially things that happen at my work sometimes um, can be really intense and there's no not, no time to process it while it's happening. And I'll find myself kind of replaying events in my head and just thinking about what happened, wondering about the outcomes, different stuff like that. And I'll find myself reprocessing those things in my head while a child is speaking to me to mm. the point that I don't know what the child has shared. And then I feel awful. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there a hundred times, Chelsea. Not yeah. with you distracted. I mean, personally. I've, You're like, you do that to me all no, the time. No, <laughs> I know. Like I have, I have pat answers for kids where I'll say like, oh, wow. Totally. And then you'll realize like they no, ask you a question, you know, and they, or you say like, yeah, buddy. And they'll be like, really? And be like, oh, wait, uh, what'd what you did ask? I disagree yeah, to? What did I say? Yes Dessert to? for dinner. <laughs> yeah. You don't know because I'm not giving them my full attention. And it's again, one of those things that parents do because we feel like as in a position of authority, we have the prerogative. Mm-hmm. I'm allowed to, I'm not going to get in trouble. You're going to have to be gracious with me, kid, because you're the kid and I'm the parent. And I think it's really sad. I don't know if you guys have ever done this where you try to give your kid constant eye contact when they're talking to you and realize it feels strange because I know I, I rarely do this. Mm. Most of the time when they're talking, I'm looking at other things. Did you know that eye contact and um, like attentive conversation creates chemical changes in your brain very similar to what um, antidepressants do? No. So when we think about depression Serotonin. and how we treat it, the chemical effects that antidepressants provide is very similar to um, the chemical changes in a person's brain when they listen to some, when they talk with someone and it yeah. feels like they're being listened to. Take, wow. that, take that in that's for cool. a second. That's crazy. I'm looking at you so hard right now. And that's why we're going to have five she minutes of uninterrupted eye contact later. <laughs> My serotonin levels are off the charts right now. <laughs> dopamine. Hits. Give it Dope. to me. Oh, dopamine. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> I do think there is something to this. And if we could challenge parents, I, I, I'm not totally in favor of phone slapping, but I'm not all the way kidding either. I do think there's something we should challenge each other in on looking our child in the eyes when they're talking. Mm-hmm. There's something that's a good learned behavior there to say, I want you to be able to look some of the yeah, eyes when they're talking to you. Yeah, we want our children to do it for yes. sure. But there's also something, when I do it, this is part of my struggle, I realize this is not typically what I'm doing. Yeah, I can, I'm thinking through my head, wow, this is different. Something's different because normally when they're talking, I'm looking at a TV, I'm looking at a computer, I'm talking to another adult, or I'm looking around the room while they're talking. They're shorter, so if they're, we're both standing, maybe it's harder to look them in the eye. But 
honestly, most of the time it's because I'm so distracted. They're not yeah. getting my full attention. Mm-hmm. And I struggle with giving them my full attention. Mm. But it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that hard in that moment yeah. to yeah, say, yeah, like, I'm right. going to stop thinking about something else right. and just listen to you. Yeah. Now, different kids have different word counts. And different families have different word counts. I get it that like there's a lot of things that you have to pay attention to in your life, but I do think in general, distraction is a struggle for parents, however you manifest it, whether it's a technology or whether it's a sport that you're watching or whether it's your job or maybe it's even what's happening in your household, maybe it's your marriage right now is so hard or so difficult that it's mm. it's become a distraction to you being a, a parent. But I definitely, when people ask me about family discipleship in their homes, it's one of the most common questions. It's like, what about when my kids don't pay attention? And one of the things we can do is model for them what attention looks like at other times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is to go, well, is mom or dad, are they modeling attention to that kid when that kid does want to say something? And I get it. Some kids are hyperactive. Your brain is hyperactive often. Yeah. And I know some people have ADD and ADHD as well, but your brain is hyperactive. You could just try to Focus, like literally take all the things that are going on and narrow them down to the kid that's in front of you. I think it'd be a huge blessing for families. And especially if your kid is still at an age where they're willing to trust you and talk with you about what's going on. Teach them that that trust is being put in a good place because you are going to get my full attention. And I think you'll be rewarded with more trust Mm -hmm. down the line, for sure. Yeah. Hey friends, it's March and that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos Kids are having an Easter basket sale. They got the brand new Little Pilgrims Big Journey complete box set. It's now available. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love this resource. If you don't have it, you need to go check it out. Kids and parents have loved reading about Bunyan's beloved tale of Christian and his adventure to follow the king's path to Celestial City. And now you can get all three books in one box set along with a map and it comes with a coloring book and the whole thing is just 60 bucks. You can use the code FAMILY10 to get 10% off your entire order at Lithos Kids right now. So what a great discipleship opportunity. To find all this, go to lithoskids.com, see all the items in their Easter promo, including their new release, The Parables of Jesus, and the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook. Guys, we love Lithos Kids. You're going to love them too. Go check it out today, lithoskids.com, and remember the promo, FAMILY10, to get 10% off your entire order. Sometimes hard things happen. Sometimes they happen to children. When God Makes Scribbles Beautiful is a beautifully illustrated book that helps kids trust that God can take their hard things and use them for good. This picture book imagines that the hard things in a child's life is a scribble following him everywhere. Readers will journey through God's promises from the Bible, inspiring hope and faith in God's good and redemptive plan. Hard things don't always go away, but God can turn them into something beautiful. Available at BeautifulScribbles.com. Download a free parent connection guide and printable scripture cards. Let's talk about scripture. Let's talk about where we see this go well in the 
word? Where do we see this in Jesus? What scriptures come to mind for you? What narratives come to mind for you? What wisdom does the Lord have for us on distraction and attention? Uh, I thought about a couple verses in Philippians, the first one in chapter two, where uh, I'll read it. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And I think that applied to me, not only in parenting, like considering my children above myself and what seems to be most important to me, whether it's getting things done around the house while trying to listen to them or if it's trying to work while I'm at home or whatever the thing is. But I also think about it even in our friendships or relationships, like to value someone and what they're saying can be hard when we're distracted. And so I think it's a discipline of putting aside our own interests for a a second (laughs) or a couple of minutes in order to be attentive to the person that we're with because God's called us to be present in relationships with those he's given us. And then the other one was Philippians 4, 8, which is finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever is just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And um, that just made me think about the things that I choose to distract myself with and how it makes me sad and would grieve me to think that rather than look my children in the eye and hear about their day, I'd rather choose that escapism and how honorable is Instagram, you know, or whatever it is that I would want to go do to escape or kind of veg out rather than be present with my children. And I'm not saying that it's not good for us to find rest because I know that we need rest. But when we're choosing what is not honorable over what is for the sake of distraction and escapism is where I think it can kind of get really muddy. Yeah, you brought up, Chelsea, you brought the idea of multitasking earlier. Maybe Cassie did as well. Just think about, go through your typical day as a parent If you're driving your kids somewhere, you're not looking right at them, typically. If you're watching something together, you're not looking right at them. If you're cooking, you're maybe not looking right at them. Sometimes even sitting down to a meal together, you're looking at the food Mm -hmm. in front of you instead of the person. And how many days can go by where it has been very rare that you looked at them and listened to them and gave them your attention? Mm -hmm. And what it would mean for you to know that somebody would do that for you. To -hmm. say, hey, whatever you want to talk about, I'm here. I want to look at you while you say it. And I think that's the way the Lord describes himself. Mm. is a God who knows what's happening and is paying attention. Not a God who's going, listen, I've got a billion things going on. You can talk, I'll hear you, but I'm I'm not giving you my attention right now. No, we have a God who uh, longs Mm -hmm. to extend grace to his people, longs to talk with his people, and is looking right at you. And that's just astounding. I love what you're talking about there, Cassie. I do wonder, like I think talking about the disciplines, there are some great resources on Sabbath, on meditation, on silence and solitude out there. But I wonder if like the distraction thing, because it's so habit forming, if we were to do a better job pursuing the disciplines that Christ has called us to, if it would become easier for us to not only be attentive to God, because that would be the overflow, then we can be attentive to others out of the overflow of our attentiveness to God. And so I think seeking out those resources and seeking to put those practices into place could be. Well, we see a great example in Jesus, right? Yeah. Jesus does not seem stressed. No. Nope. He does not seem anxious. Yet he he was doing hard work, right? He had long days. He had difficult relationships. You know, he, he endured the same things that we endure, but he doesn't seem stressed. He seems attentive, and he seems very present in in all of his moments, um, wherever he is. And But we also see that he makes time for solitude. He makes time for prayer. The Bible uh, is clear about that. So we have a great model to follow there to say, 
this can be done. That's right. Amen. Any scriptures okay. come to mind for you, Chels? Psalm 86, 11 in the old school NIV says, uh, teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart mm. that I may fear your name. Um, and that's what I want is an undivided heart um, that can put others before myself, an undivided heart that can focus on the things of God, that can think about what's true, yeah. what's commendable, what's worthy of praise. And there's something else I like. Oh, I like this verse from Second Timothy that says, he's just talking about like the life of following Christ. And he says, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Mm. I like that. We get entangled in civilian affairs. When we think about living yeah. a life that is in pursuit of God himself and the advancing of God's kingdom, of the Great Commission, uh, we get easily entangled in a lot of stuff that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the verse that comes to mind for me comes from the parable of the sower. You guys remember this. There's a sower who goes out, casts seed, and Jesus, uh, unlike many of the parables, explains it to his disciples what it means. And one of the things he says is the sower who's sowing the word, who giving, who's extending the word. Basically, if somebody's hearing from God. One of them, he says, falls among the thorns, and he describes it like this in Mark chapter 4. And others are the ones sown among the thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things enters in and chokes the word and proves it unfruitful. Mm. Think about that description as like the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of the world. So things that make you anxious, things you're trying to get ahead in. And then just that word, the desire for other things. That you would hear what God has said and what chokes it out in your life is I hear that. I want something different. Again, it's not necessarily that I am unable to pay attention. It's that I'm paying attention to something else. Mm -hmm. So God gave me something good, and I'm going, yeah, but what about something else? I'm living my life for something else. Like a lot of us would say we want God in our life. We want Jesus in our life. The problem is that we also want these other things. Mm -hmm. I want to have undivided heart for God. And also I want to divide my heart so I can have it for these other things. We want both. Mm -hmm. And what Jesus says is you cannot have two masters. Yeah. You can't have two masters. In a similar sense, if you ever do or read a study on multitasking, they will show you like there's no real such thing as doing two things as well at the same time as what you would do if you just did one. You cannot possibly listen to your kid as well while not looking at them, while doing something else, while being on a computer, while being on a phone, while listening to this podcast as you could if you just looked them in the eye and tried to give them your full attention. You cannot be in the word and be prayerful while at the same time coming up with your to-do list for the day and say like, yeah, I'm just doing two things at the same time and say they're, they're both um, not only sufficient, it's the best version. Now, the desire for other things is something that I want to see in my own heart put to death. And go, I just want to desire what God has said. That's what I. That's why I'm leading my family, not to make much of me, to make much of him. That's my desire. I want the word that I sow in my kids' lives I want to prevent them from the distraction that would choke it out. Yeah. That's why when I see desires in their life for things that are not godly, I point it out. And I say, man, that's that's idolatry to us if we pursue these things. That's the deceitfulness of riches. That's the concerns of the world. And I don't want any of that. That's okay, good. what do you say about for so what? So a parent comes to you and they say, hey, I'm really struggling. I'm so easily distracted or my life is just so busy. You don't understand that between sports and school and my job and, you know, maybe it's a single mom who's going, I got to work two jobs, or maybe it's a, a 
dual working family or it's the stay-at-home mom who's saying like, I've got the kids with me all the time, but I also have to get the laundry done. I've also got to get, I've also got to clean the house. I've also got to get the dishes. I've also, they're doing their homeschool. There's all these things. How do I not be distracted by the desires for other things? What would you say? I don't know that I would say the same thing to, you know, the single mom with two jobs to the stay-at-home mom. But what I would say is that if God has given us a command, it's for our good. And so if he's told us that spending time with him is something for us to prioritize, then he will equip us and give it, he will provide and make a way for us to do that. But part of that's on us to, to do that. So I would start with creating a space and a time in your day to find that, to find that, um, that intimate close time with, with God, the father and with Jesus and the spirit and, um, getting, getting that time can feel awkward if that's not something that you're already, you're already doing or used to. And so start small and then build yourself up. There are great resources out there. Practicing the way is one that I know a lot of some people in our circles have been using when it comes to prayer, solitude, and Sabbath. They have guides you can download and you can practice it with people and do accountability. And I think those are some great places to start. We mentioned the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry um, by John Mark Comer, which was, I think, a good wake-up call to like how hurried our society we are, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of um, all the things we think we have to get done. And one of my favorite things my counselor said to me when I started going to counseling this summer, she's like, sounds like you're doing a lot. Uh, I'm not going to add to your to-do list. We're actually going to start doing less. Wow. And that felt like, wait, that's an option. Mm-hmm. We can do less. I didn't mm-hmm. know I could do less. And she's right. I can do less. And it's yeah. um, it's been a very freeing thing to consider. Yeah. Like, I don't have to do all the things I've committed to. Like, not 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 be faithful to follow through, but I'm just saying... We do, we kind of create more things for us to do than we are called to do by God, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think a lot of us from from friends and uh, just brothers and sisters in Christ who love us and care about us, we need to be willing to challenge one another to lay some things down. Yeah. And, uh, like, I've never had a person in the church, Adam, say to you and me, like, do you guys think you watch too much football? But someone should probably say that to us. There have been seasons in our How life. dare they? Yeah, that's how we would feel. That's how we would feel. We would say no, if anything, not enough. Loved. <laughs> but we need those challenges and those prompts. Yeah. You know, there's people that know that we enjoy football a lot. We really love a Saturday full of college football and a Sunday full of NFL football. Is that what's best all the time? I don't think so. But but it always seems best to us. You know what I mean? Like someone outside our family has to be like, hey, whoa, if if you're lacking something, just take note here that you've made time for something that is not fruitful. Mm. I don't want anyone to say that to us. I don't, uh, I want to watch football. Well, to be clear, we're not canceling other things to watch football. It's it's a low priority, but we will spend a day if we have time watching football. Uh, Yeah. I'm just saying that, uh, (laughs) someone listening has had something canceled in the last. Yeah, right. (laughs) We would hang out today or we would be there for our kids. Yeah, no, we don't do that. But like what I'm saying is that, uh, we need to be willing to give and receive those challenges within yeah. the body of Christ. Amen. When people say things, we, I mean, how many times this week have you heard someone say, I'm just so busy? Yep. And we all just say, okay. Or we say, yeah, me too. Or in some cases, yeah. there's kind of a one-upping of like, you think oh, you're busy, I'm even busier. And let's list how busy we are. And to challenge somebody to cut something out. And and sometimes it can feel like social suicide, you know, to say like, oh, our kid's not going to be on that team this season. We're going to take one off. Well, guess what? You might that means the next season they might forget about you. Some of these things come with a legit cost, or at least what feels like a legit cost. And at the same time, if if we're taking the scripture seriously, it 
it sounds like it's worth it. Yeah. To and cut certain things out if it's really too much, if we cannot stay focused, if we yeah. cannot foresee a day where we might have an undivided heart because we are so scrambling to accomplish Amen. everything we've committed to, everything that is um, occupying our thoughts and our energy, and we can't do it all, um, then we need to cut something out. Yeah, Jesus said that if you know your right eye causes you to sin, you pluck it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, you cut it off. It's Matthew 5. And I think there's something to that, not in the hyperbole in the sense of self-mutilation for the sense of removing sin, but where you identify something, it's worth it to say, it's better just to not have it. Yeah. And if that's become your phone or that's become college football or that's become youth sports or that's become something else that you would say, this has become sin for me. It may not be sin for somebody else, but it's sin for me. So I need to stop. Yeah. If workaholism has taken over your life, you may need to say, I can't do this job, or this job needs to change, or I can't do this job. Yeah. We hear people all the time say, I, I would be in biblical community, but my job, you know, I travel right. and I always have things, so I'm just not going to be in a group like that. Not going to be known. And to me, I think it's reasonable for believers alongside us to say, should you maybe get a different job? Right. But sometimes we think that's unthinkable of right. like, are you serious? Like, quit my job? Yeah, Right, the Bible says that we would count it all as rubbish, right, compared to the the joy of knowing Christ Jesus. Right, so um, we have to be willing to give up absolutely anything if we needed to. Yeah. So if my if my, my phone, maybe in a smaller example, if my phone is a distraction from my parenting or to my discipline unto the Lord, then I cut it off. I say I put it in a box or I put it in a drawer in the kitchen. Or when I go to bed at night, if it's an impairment to my marriage, then I would leave it in the other room yeah. and just say, then it's not worth it. Yeah. If a TV in your bedroom has been a distraction, get rid of the TV in your bedroom. Don't have it anymore. If cartoons have been something that have taken over your kid's life and it's like all they want to do or video games, that's one we rarely talk about because maybe our families aren't into that. But there are a lot sure. of families I know where video games has become the thing for their kids. It's all they want to do. And if that has become something that is a distraction to your family unity, then put a limit on it or get rid of it yeah. and be able to say, I'm sorry, this is what the Lord has called me to. Matthew 5, if this is leading to sin, it is better to go into uh, heaven without video games than wind up in hell with the PS2, yeah. you know, oh, is it the modern translation. Is it the great divorce for C.S. Lewis? They've got the pet. It's like the, the pet um, symbolizes sin and they're in heaven. They're taking a tour of heaven or whatever. And he's like, I can take care of that for you. Like, oh, no, it's going to be fine. It'll be quiet. It'll be, you know, it's like I can manage this yeah. little thing that I love because I don't want to give it up for mm. what this has to offer me. It's, um, I should read Hopefully, that. I haven't butchered that whole. CS, who, what's the last name? Lewis. Mm, never He's heard of L E W. Is that a new one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Cutting okay. edge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I the Chelsea and I are so far behind. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. He's an influencer, right? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, Big sort of. Okay. Narnia. Clive. Okay. Clive Staples. Ah, uh, Staples. Mm. All right. Well, thanks for listening, friends. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, please help us out by giving us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit one of our sponsors and share this episode with one of your friends. If you want to keep up with us or join the conversation, you can follow the Family Discipleship Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We love you listeners, and we'll talk to you again next week. 